Yo, 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 Big Sky Breakdown. What's up, everybody? Coulter Nuanez, SkylineSportsMT.com. Appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. This is our interviews-based podcast for the week, but we have several original interviews. A lot of times we uh, rebrand and cross-promote with Nuanas Now, my daily radio show on ESPN Montana, as well as SWX Montana Television. But this week, mostly these are their uh, these are interviews in their first iteration, so hopefully... You enjoy that, and hopefully you enjoy the, the fresh content. We'll be joined by Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. He got kind of crossed up. He usually appears on my radio show on Mondays, uh, but couldn't do it, so I swung by his spot and uh, recorded with him on Tuesday. And so that's our conversation, uh, both looking at the Grizzlies through their non-conference schedule and giving you a preview of the Big Sky Conference. We also have a new contributor, Ian Laird. He's the play-by-play voice for the Bozeman Hawks and the Bozeman Gallatin Raptors, and uh, also... A, uh, a good Montana State fan. He is a fan, so he does have a biased view on the Cats, but also a guy that observes football pretty darn well. And he's also one of the proprietors at JV Restaurant Supply, one of our great sponsors here. So we'll hear from Ian, some of his thoughts about the wide world of football around the state of Montana. Gunnar Talkington, the quarterback for the Eastern Washington Eagles, joins us uh, in a fun interview. Tyson Pauling, an offensive lineman from Portland State, as they get ready to face off with the Grizzlies. And Efton Chisholm, who is a wide receiver at Eastern and uh, a guy that he's making a name for himself within Big Sky circles, but I think a guy that has a chance to really be a star. He was a third-team all-league guy a year ago as a freshman and uh, starting to put up great numbers already. He has over 1,000 yards receiving, already has 10 career touchdowns here in his sophomore year. So a guy that's uh, certainly a star on the rise and a guy can give us some insight into Montana State's Big Sky Conference opener against his team, the Eastern Washington Eagles. This interview's podcast presented by a variety of great sponsors, including Blackfoot Communications. We continue to provide more multimedia content, and so much of that is because of the encouragement and the support of Blackfoot Communications. They are masters of rural telecommunications, building you and your small business networks and things like that. Uh, They're also so great, though, in terms of business development and helping businesses grow. So we appreciate Blackfoot uh, for their continued sponsorship. Here's Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Big Sky Breakdown rolls on, SkylineSportsMT.com. Thanks to all our great sponsors for bringing you the Big Sky Breakdown, including Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot involved in so many of our various pieces of content, including as one of the official sponsors here of the Big Sky Breakdown. They also sponsor the Inside the Den podcast and the host of the Inside the Den, Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, joins me now. Usually we get to hang out for a full hour on Mondays, but a lot of wires crossed and uh, scheduling. That's the one thing that people don't understand about our jobs is uh, 
you got to be on call. When the coach can go, he can go and you know, like it or hate it, his schedule is more important than yours. So you weren't able to come on to us now. Thanks for being here today. No, no question about it. And you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what it is. We are at the mercy of everyone else's schedules. But you know what? When it comes to a guy like Barney, uh, we certainly make adjustments. No question about it. Great to be on with you in a new form as we get going with Big Sky Conference play here this week. If you see my eyebrows raising while we're recording this, that's because a couple of our uh, mutual friends just sent me the uh, the line for the Grizz game this weekend. A homecoming in Missoula, Montana off to a 3-0 start. The Grizz are number two in the country. Portland State coming to town. They are 0-2. Guess what the line is here. I'm going to guess between 15 and 17. The Grizz are 25.5 point favorites. Wow. Wow. Talk about, I mean, overreaction and the respect factor. I mean, they've covered the first three, if I'm not mistaken, right? I think Vegas has probably had enough of of that. Maybe, holy smokes, that's, wow. When they opened at 29 and a half against Northwestern State, I was thinking, okay, there there are serious favorites against Northwestern State. But beating a team by 30 is an amazing, I mean, usually have to play, you know, Moorhead State or a D2 school to to win a game by 30. And the Grizz did cover, so they've covered three weeks in a row. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, that's the uh, the uh, opening line for the Big Sky Conference opener for both Portland State and Montana. Um, interesting. Before we get to uh, what happened last week and what uh, might happen this week, one thing I find very interesting, and I think it's sort of just a referendum on college football in general right now, is that non-conference schedules, with the exception of about, I don't know, there's like five games a week at the FCS and FBS levels each, that are like real, you know, UC Davis versus South Dakota State, North Dakota at NAU. You're either scheduling a win or you're scheduling a check. And so because of that, when we were doing our Big Sky Conference power rankings earlier today, there's really no movement in what we thought from the preseason. I mean, the top tier is still Montana, Weber, Sac State, Montana State. Montana State is maybe the one that's hanging right there at the bottom of the first tier or the top of the second tier. UC Davis is, is you know, because they basically had a, a scheduled loss at Cal, and then they did play one of the real non-conference games going to Brookings to play South Dakota State. They're sitting there at one and two, but I still think Davis is good. So maybe they're like the team that's in purgatory between tier one and tier two. And then you have all the other teams that maybe could make the playoffs like Idaho and Northern Arizona and maybe Portland State is in there. And then you have the bottom tier, Cal Poly, Idaho State, Northern Colorado. There was really no – the last three weeks, in terms of determining or having any clarity in the league, they are pretty much pointless. Well, and think about the word surprise. How many results, if you look at every single team's record, how many results are surprising? You could maybe say Weber State beating Utah State was it. Everyone expected Idaho to go one and two. NAU North Dakota was that coin flip. Sac State Northern Iowa. Those are probably the only games that you can say, okay, that one maybe didn't go how I thought. So you're right, and that's why this week's more exciting than anything else. We finally get a barrage where teams are at and Coulter I think this is a, a bigger picture though of college football at the FBS level and the FCS level we spend great time with Bruce Barnum you did last week the difference between how Portland State has the non-conference schedule compared to how Montana and Montana State have the non-conference schedule that is so drastically different and Portland State feels they're a really good football team but right. what's perception Montana is 3-0 and Portland State's 0-2 it should be what that, that's ex- you know what it goes right back to that point spread right there it goes wow four touchdown favorite I'm looking at this game on paper thinking Port- Portland State might be one of the more talented teams in the big sky from a roster standpoint it's absolutely true 
true. And I, I didn't, in my rattling off all the teams, the one team I forgot is Eastern Washington, but they're exactly what you thought they were going to be too. A home win over Tennessee State, a drubbing at the hands of uh, Oregon, and uh, then a bye. And so they're sitting there uh, at, at uh, one and one. One point that Bruce Barnum made to me last week that I thought was interesting is he said, you know, the media looks at how games are played on paper and they're analyzing it through matchups and point spreads and who's supposed to win and all this stuff. But he's like, most kids that play college football, they think they are going to and play to win every single week. They have no intention of going to Washington and losing 52-6. to They got no intention of going to Oregon State and losing 68-28 like Montana State did last week. They truly think they're going to win. They're not thinking of games played on paper. And so, like he was saying, though, that's actually ironically so hard because from us as adults analyzing this, we sit there and think, well, Portland State's 0-2, but they played two money games. They're all right. He's sitting here thinking, I got an 0-2 football team. I got to get my guys to be confident. How, how do we get some you know, confidence back in the locker room? Well, wounded from a physical standpoint, but sure. mentally more than anything else. I, I always go back to it. One of the, the big sky deans of coaching, Mike Kramer, right? When he was at Idaho State, they had a year, and I, I wish I could remember the exact opponents, but they got beat by 60 the first week, and then I think they got beat by UNLV 77-7. to I think it was 80-8. to There you go. Something like that, right? And it was Nebraska the week before. They gave up something like 1,000 yards rushing in the first two weeks of the year it was crazy two big sky historians here you go I knew you would have that but he made the comment after week two our season was over after that at that point from a mental standpoint and there is true concern for Bruce Barnum and other coaches that have to go through it you're right we look at it 0-2 Portland State they're dangerous coach Barnum needs to get belief back in that locker room culture because what all off season long what are they looking at they're looking at okay we have a chance to beat San Jose State Washington hey we're gonna have a good chance wow all of a sudden you're sitting 0-2 I know what the NCAA mandated hours whatever it might be how much time did these guys put in to a game plan practice traveling getting ready for a game they're obviously going to try and win it. And I think the mental aspect's the most important thing, and you're seeing it this week with Portland State. The Grizz, 3-0, one of two 3-0 teams coming into conference play. Weber State, the other one. Weber State, uh, very impressive to be 3-0. and You know, they scheduled themselves a win against Western Oregon, pretty much a presumed win against Utah Tech. But they also played a money game in, in Utah State, and they rolled them up. So that's an impressive start. But I don't think that very many people that are objectively looking at this league would debate that the most impressive start has been by the Montana Grizzlies. 120 to 21 is a pretty unbelievable margin. Uh, I mean, I think that they've allowed like six or seven trips into their own territory. You know, I mean, even against Indiana State, one score was a 54-yard touchdown from the Indiana State side of the field. The other score was a defensive touchdown. So teams are having a hard time even getting over the 50-yard line. I mean, they're utterly dominating in the field position game. Their defense is playing at an incredibly high level. And, oh, by the way, they found themselves a quarterback. All of that said, what do you think is, if any, a question mark for Montana? Or what is Montana's biggest concern coming into Big Sky play? I'm going to follow up the the last point first with this defense, right? Whether it's five, six, seven times the teams enter the opposing team's territory – Coulter, I've never seen it through three games. No team has run a play in the red zone yet against Montana's defense. No one has gotten inside the 20-yard line in three games. So the defense has somehow raised the bar from last year's performance. Special teams has been great. You talk about field position. I think we talked about this on your show a couple weeks ago. The difference between this year's Grizzly team and last year's is it felt like the defense was 
absolutely going to carry the weight. Special teams did their thing, and the offense just managed the game. This year, I feel there's three units that are working cohesively together, and that's scary. It's dangerous because we're seeing the depth. But to answer your question, I would look at two areas, and I think I would probably share the same sentiments as Grizz fans. I would think that the place-kicking uh, adventure, let's just say for the first couple of games, it's okay to make mistakes and have all of this when you're winning 49-14 to and, and 47 to nothing. But when it comes to a close game on the road and you need a field goal to win the game at Sacramento State, how confident are you trotting out Nico Ramos, whoever it is, from 42 yards away? That that should be a make. And so I would say that is number one. And quite frankly, number two, I, I'm very curious behind Lucas Johnson at quarterback how the Grizz are going to sure this up. Chris Brown did a great job last year as the starter at 3-1. and one. But to get thrown into the fire wherever it might be this year, is he going to be ready? Is Daniel Brick going to be ready? Do the Grizz, how do they respond? It'll be a diff- Those would be my two biggest questions right now. And not to be arrogant, but everything else has kind of been answered through three games for me. The Well, first of all, I don't know if Lucas Johnson's gotten touched yet this year. He either glides his way right out of bounds. Uh, I think the only times he's gotten touched is when he's crossing the goal line as he gets tackled into the end zone. That's about it. He, he's... His physical skills are very good. His his confidence, his charisma, his swagger is what I think makes him a very special player. I think that he has – this is actually hilarious because Dalton Sneed was uh, very much cut like cut out of the same cloth as Bobby Houck, and that was a good and bad thing because Dalton Sneed, when he get in the open field, he's like hawking safeties. He's like trying to run guys over. And, uh, you know, that resulted in some stingers and, you know, some bells rung and, and uh, you know, probably a lot more pain than we ever even were led on to know. But I also think, though, that Lucas Johnson is actually in personality like the opposite of Bobby Houck. And I actually think that's a really good thing because I, I think he has an elevated level of maturity. And I think that he understands that the demands are going to be high, but he also doesn't fall into the like, I'm going to go prove I'm just as tough as Dante Olson, like Dalton Sneed used to do. I think that Lucas Johnson, I actually think the the uh, the yin and yang there of him and Bobby Houck is actually pretty good. It complements each other really well. And I just think even from a – Offensive coordinator to Tim Rosenbaugh's standpoint, he'll be the first to tell you he's very intense, right? Yeah. All of the coaches are very intense. I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but Lucas Johnson doesn't take himself too seriously sure. or he's very comfortable in his own skin, comfortable with himself. It's so funny watching him at press conferences. Bobby Houck has brought him to three different press conferences and he sits there and he says the company line perfectly. He's got it as well rehearsed as anybody on the team and he's only been in the program for a year. But he's sitting there with a smile on his face because he's, he's like, am I getting this right, coach? Like, I'm doing this really good, aren't I? And you know that that's not – he's just repeating exactly what he was told to say, and Bobby Houck loves it. And not many people would pick up on that. You are one that absolutely could. And he just brings that different element the Grizz have not had. You, you said a great on your show on Monday, and it's true. I mean, the RPO game was on display for Montana, but what what is that basically? RPO, to, to, to bring it down to a football 101 standpoint – it's decision-making by the quarterback. The game was in Lucas Johnson's hands, and he executed at a really high level. It's just so much fun to see. He complements this entire system um, as well as you could for someone coming in for the first year. When Tim Rosenbaugh said, we were talking skill sets and everything, right, in August. Uh, tell me about Lucas Johnson. I, I want to try and find out as much background as possible. And for Tim Rosenbaugh, he said, hey, before anything else, the biggest thing is his personality is as good as it gets. And Tim Rosenbaugh has been around a lot of quarterbacks and been in quarterback rooms with the dynamic they have of Chris Brown and three freshmen behind him. 
Lucas Johnson, it is. It just fits so perfectly, and I think the, the Grizz are seeing the effects of it. Voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran, joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Thanks to Town Pump for their presenting sponsorship of the Big Sky Breakdown. Also, thanks for Town Pump for keeping us on the road. Town Pump by the mile. We'll be giving you an opportunity to win Town Pump gift cards each week on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio as well as uh, they'll be keeping us on the road for our various travels uh, across Big Sky Country. So thanks to Town Pump for their continued sponsorship here of the Big Sky Breakdown. Uh, I agree with you, the kicker, the the quarterback depth. I think that the, the other uh, tangible issue that Montana, they haven't had to play anybody that's exploited it yet. I think Chris Walker is still really finding his way at left tackle. That was in evidence by the fact that he got called for a legal man downfield twice in that game on Saturday, uh, just because he's a, he's an aggressive mauler. When he gets his hands on guys, good luck. You're not gonna you're not gonna get away from him. I mean, he is big and strong and mean. Uh, he's just still trying to figure out the nuances of the position. He will have a really hard test this weekend, though, because VJ Malo is one of the best defensive ends in the conference, and Portland State's certainly going to try to isolate that mismatch a lot. I think. Well, I think that, and then also it's kind of pick your poison with the tackles. Brandon Casey's going to get trial by fire too, because I think there's a lot of good ed- edge rushers in this league, For sure. um, and they're going to be put to the test. And, and I think the familiarity of this Grizzly scheme, offensively, defensively, we talk all the time about the coaches, right, and how th- this league is very talented when it comes to that they know each other well I'm curious to see that these coaches these teams have spent multiple weeks on Montana in the offseason what have they come up with with adjustments they know the weaknesses of of the Grizz on both sides of the football and you're right I want to see how the, the tackles do we've talked about how the interior of the offensive line I feel really good about that Chris Walker, Brandon Casey, th- those guys will be, be put to the test this week. Mallow and the rest of the scheme, how Portland State's going to design pressure. I think Lucas Johnson's going to see a little bit more pressure here in conference play too because the coaches have seen when there's not pressure on them, it kind of makes you pay. The biggest thing, though, I think Montana faces here uh, moving forward is the man in the mirror. I, I think that the hype surrounding the team and how does Bob, and Bobby Helks a master at, at mitigating hype for sure, but how do they handle it? Because, I mean, you see it, you know, you're around, you're out and about, you're doing a podcast, so you can see the numbers, I can see the numbers. I mean, there's tens of thousands of you people out there that are incredibly engaged in this, and it's rapidly growing every week. And that's what's really fun about our jobs, because even though this is uh, quote-unquote small school FCS football, this is a big-time football program, and when a big-time football program has real national championship aspirations, you can really feel it, and you can see it. But how do you handle it? You know, if Lucas Johnson has a couple more good games, and he's landed on the Walter Payton watch list, and now he's going downtown, and everybody, Lucas, oh, yeah, Lucas. You know, and, and everybody else, too, right? I mean, Junior Bergen already is feeling himself a little bit. He loves it, and if he keeps catching touchdowns, it's going to be even better. He's got his NIL deal, all that stuff. Aaron Fonts, emerging star. But it's on down the line. The Grizz have so many dudes that are emerging as stars. We play a role in making these guys stars as well. Th- I think that Coach Hauke has been waiting for this season since his return. I think he has a formula and a plan to keep the team uh, in check and keep them hungry and humble. But I just I do think that the expectation of Montana, the hype around Montana, as easy as it is to talk about it and be about to get 110 guys on the same page every week and realize it's one week at a time. We have to take every opponent seriously. You can't overlook anybody. It's a tall task, and I think that's the number one challenge Montana's going to face. It will be fascinating to watch the week by week, but you know that this culture has been established, Coulter, and I think a couple things to touch on that from what you said. Talking about it 
has been one thing. And I think the last two or three years with RTD and, and every hashtag that you can think of, it was a lot of talk. And Montana still backed it up. 10 wins, quarterfinal, right? Yep. But you said something in the last response. You can feel it now. Yeah, that's right. You can feel it. And I would echo that to the locker room because they can feel it now. They, they have it. It's not just talk. The culture they've built, uh, everything they've done behind the scenes, they can feel it. And, and the difference between talking about a win and the expectations of winning each week have flipped in the last two years. They expect to win every week. And yes, there's going to be distractions that come in and out. And again, I'm not trying to look down the road too far, but I think that those questions are going to be answered as far as the hype's concerned the late October week, Sacramento State and Weber State, because that's when you're really going to start hearing it. And let's just say that number two becomes a number one because of, of maybe other results that happen. That might be the first time that I start going, okay, these guys ready for it or they can handle it. But Bobby Houck, you said it. This was the year they've been building towards. They want it. He does not deflect one bit. When there's times even, you know, behind the scenes, I'm like, hey, Coach, do you, do you want to talk about this this week or not? He wants, yes, bring it on. Let's go. I, yeah, I want to talk about that we're close to being number one, that we're supposed to win this Big Sky Conference. And so I see the difference, and I think that this year you can feel it rather than just hear it and talk about it. We have all then pinpointed October 22nd and October 29th as these pivotal moments within the season. Obviously, then the rivalry game in Bozeman at the end of the year as well. I think, though, the challenge starts now because Portland State runs a, also a, a, a weird – a defense that's so unorthodox that I have a hard time describing. I, I have a hard time describing what it's all about, though. It's, it's, in its essence, it's built to stop the run. But what Portland State does with it, especially with their flex man, Anthony Adams, they can disrupt you in a lot of different ways. The last time Montana played against this defense, I know that was a long time ago. That was four years and, and many different players ago. And don't count the spring game, folks. That, no, that one sure. was not – Portland State had been put together for three days. The Grizz had been there for three months. So that, that one, throw that out the window. All right, Portland State was rolling with no offensive line. I mean, Bruce Barnum told me truly that they had met, met together five times and lifted weights three times together in a year. You know, and they're going against a Montana team that's coming off of winter conditioning and just like, I mean, a, a, a football team, if they don't have to do the wear and tear of spring ball, will be its absolute most physically fit between April and August. And that's exactly what the Grizz were. I mean, they, they were frothing at the mouth, ready to go, and Portland State had nothing for them. And so you, you can't really take that much of that into account. You're totally right. But it, this is going to be a test for Lucas Johnson. He's going to have to stay ahead of it. If he stays ahead of it, you can gas the flex if you stay ahead of it. If you get behind it, though, all of a sudden you're staring at one of 13 in the first half like Dalton Sneed was. And I know that, again, it's a totally different team now. But I, I think that Portland State's going to come in here because they haven't won a game, because Bruce Barnum's been around the league for so long, because Bruce Barnum and Bobby Houck have a close relationship, and because Portland State flat has some good talent. They're going to come in here and they're going to try to treat this like they're Super Bowl. They're going to throw the whole kitchen sink at Montana I think that's a good thing for the Grizz, though. I think being tested a little bit right out the gates here in Big Sky Conference play will be something that does nothing but fortify the Grizz. I do think the Grizz deserve to be a favorite in this game. If the Grizz win this game by 25-plus points, I will be surprised. I, that would make for another dominant, like, right. wow, eye-popping performance because I, I echo your feelings on Portland State. Folks, this is not an 0-2 team that you just dismiss. They, they have 19 returning starters. The scheme is interesting, and I think – I'm trying to dumb it down for myself more than anything else. It's a five-man front. They're going to load the box. They're going to make you, in a way, 
beat you with their arm, essentially, right? And I think the offensive line is going to be under immense pressure nonstop. I think that will be a good test. And I am curious as well with Montana. Can they play from behind, deal with a little adversity? And yes, we could nitpick. I go to the Indiana State game, sure, for maybe a quarter. Mm-hmm. The Grizz were on their heels a little bit. They figured it out. I, I want to see it from a relentless pressure standpoint. Portland State is that team. This is your classic quote-unquote trap game, right? And I think that really the next two weeks for Montana are before they get to their bye week. They do the week-by-week process. We know that. We hear it from Coach Hauk ad nauseum every Monday at your favorite uh, moment, the, his 10-minute press conference up there at the Adams Center. But they will need to be put under pressure, and how do they respond? Now, thankfully, they've got the 12th man behind them at home. That's going to be a huge factor. But for their big games, they're not going to down the road, Sac State, Weber State, and of course the Cats. But uh, I think Portland State comes in here. I thought it was really uh, interesting that Barney told you that his one charter he's using for this. This is their Super Bowl. This is their. This is the, the game that can rectify their entire season, their program. They're at that point, I think, with Coach Barnum and the program. We love them, Coulter, but they've had five straight losing seasons since that magical run that they had in 2015. They need a big-time win. This is their opportunity before uh, the other predictable games, you could say, come up. So, absolutely, the Grizz need to be on red alert. It'll be a fun game on Saturday. Right, Corcoran, voice of the Grizz here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Thanks so much for all of our great sponsors, including Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Homecoming in Missoula. More on the landscape of the Big Sky Conference, including some of the games of the week and some power rankings next. Keep it right here. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Big Sky Breakdown rolls on. We love adding new contributors around here at the Big Sky Breakdown. And a guy who supported us for a really long time, a guy who's always followed along here at Skyline, and a guy who now is doing a bunch of work in the media himself, Ian Laird joins us. He is, first and foremost, a uh, dyed-in-the-wool Bobcat fan, but also a guy who is... uh, doing the play-by-play for both the Bozeman high schools now. So some good insight on the high school side of things. And, and both Bozeman High and Bozeman Gallatin have been producing a Division One guys the last couple of years as well. Bozeman High has been producing Division One guys for quite some time. But uh, interesting to see uh, sort of the insight from his perspective covering these programs. He's also uh, one of the owners of J&V Restaurant Supply, one of the great uh, contributors and sponsors here of all their, of our things at uh, Skyline Sports. First and foremost, man, I got to tell you, the commercials you got with the MSU women's basketball team are just the greatest. They make me happy so much. Me and Bill Lamberty talk about it all the time, how cheerful and awesome those gals are and how they just they brighten your spirits no matter uh, who you are or when you see them. But good work on those. Those are They're, they're funny, they're well done, and uh, a great promotion for you guys too. Probably pretty fun hanging out with that team. Yeah, it was. it's a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun being kind of a part of that, the whole NIL deal. And with the girls, they came in, and I think we shot the, that last commercial. I think there was one with Darian. That took about 15 minutes. This last one took about a half hour. And they were super excited about it, way more excited than I thought they would be, which made me then nervous about, well, I need to make sure this is good because they're going to be sharing it like crazy. And they all loved it. They had a blast with it, and it was a lot of fun. And it, and you get that 
connection with with the girls and and i know a lot of our employees and everybody else now will be following uh girls basketball a lot more closely going to games doing stuff like that because they were in it and hopefully that's kind of what that generates for for that team as well as just a little uh added bonus of of people being more interested and wanting to go to them when'd you come up with that idea because in the nil stuff is something that's very interesting it's certainly going to change college athletics Lots of people have been thinking about it, talking about it, but there's only been a couple people that have actually gone out and done it. And so, I mean, how did you guys put that all together? Well, first off, a lot of the NI commercials are terrible. They're boring, and and they point and go, "Hey, touchdown!" or whatever. It is. <laughs> right. They're 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 not they're not fun, and and that's what we've always wanted to be J and V and everything else. And if you know me uh, well. At all, you know that I'm somebody that likes to have fun, and I make fun of myself more than than anything else. And and so we just tried to find a, a fun way to incorporate something that hadn't been done yet. We've seen the football team has NIL, and they have some players that do stuff. Uh, the girls' basketball team didn't have a ton, but that was one that we looked at and like, how can we give them exposure, and at the same time have fun with it, not take it too seriously. Um, and I think we did a good job with it. The last commercial, the one that was off of the Anchorman, literally came to me as I was flipping through TikTok, and I saw that Anchorman thing pop up, and I thought, oh, that would be an amazing commercial. So I texted Darian White, and I said, do you have three players that want to do it? And she said, sure. And uh, we kind of worked it out and went, and I think our, our main expense was a was a cowboy hat that we had to buy. Um and we just did it here in the store. And like I said, it took about a half hour, and it, it turned out great. And I think that the comedy of it and not taking it too seriously is what's really propelled it as well. No doubt about it. Big Chat Breakdown, Ian Laird joining us. It's presented by J&B Restaurant Supply, which he is one of the proprietors of. Uh, tell me about the, the high school landscape right now because uh, you've been doing play-by-play for both Bozeman High, Bozeman Gallatin. We're starting to get a little clarity in terms of uh, – Sort of the front runners in the AA level. Missoula Sentinel remains undefeated. Helena Capital remains undefeated. Glacier is really good as well. Uh, the, the teams that I don't have as much of a gauge about are the two teams you do play-by-play for, and that's Bozeman High School and Bozeman Gallatin because they both play tough schedules uh, and they both won some games, but I think that we're going to s- sort of have a bigger revelation when they start to start to get to play some of the quote-unquote easier games on their schedule. Where are we at with the Hawks? Where are we at with the Raptors? You know, you bring up a good point, especially for the Hawks. They had to start the season with Sentinel and Helena Capital, two, I think, of the best teams I've watched this year. Helena Capital is, is fast, and they've got some boys on that line that are that are – they're quick and strong. They're a really good team in the West. I think West took a little. Billings West took a little step back, uh, just losing all that talent to uh, Division One. And uh, I think their quarterbacks are playing at Carroll or Tech, one of those uh, from last year. But they took a little step back, but they're still really good. Still have a great coaching staff. The Hawks are good. I think, like last year, we won't know how good they are until midway through uh, the year, just because they played the two best teams in the state. And it's hard to judge from that. But they're good on defense. Their defensive secondary is really good. Uh, wide receivers, I think, are coming to their own right now. And so I think that's that's good for them. Sorry, I got another call and I had to shut it off. <laughs> um, uh, I think they're going to be really good throughout the year. They have a good running game. Their offensive line is coming together. And when you look at Gallatin, 
they should have had that signature quote-unquote win against Billings West. They went for two uh, instead of trying to tie it, just to win it at the end, and that wasn't successful. They lost by one, and then they come back last week against, I think, a very good Billings senior team when it comes to defense and uh, a fumble at the one-yard line, and they win that one. Let's see if that signature win uh, against a team that was uh, in the playoffs last year can propel them through the rest of the year. But I think both of them should be in the top half towards the top of the East for sure this year. Well, should be interesting uh, to follow along. Uh, let's talk Bobcats because I know a lot of people around Bobcat Nation are uh, screaming and yelling about the oh, quarterback. That seems to be common uh, thinking among fan bases when things go awry. But as I've said on Nuan is now my daily radio show, as well as on this podcast, uh, I think that Tommy Mallott and his struggles throwing the ball against Oregon State are far down the list of the issues for Montana State. But uh, you have a more of a gauge of this from sort of a fan base perspective and, you know, just hanging out around town in, in Bozeman. What, what are people thinking right now coming out of that Oregon State loss uh, in Portland on Saturday? Well, the Cats have been playing for, what, 150 years or something like that, 120 <laughs> yeah. years. Um, and every year, uh, back when they were just uh, teletyping their messages across the country, I think they were complaining about quarterbacks. I think that every year, every fan base does. Um, the cast just need, or the fan base especially, needs to just relax. I mean, Oregon State is a very good team. We showed that we can beat the teams we should have beat, and we lost to a, a good Oregon State team that has probably two or three guys in the secondary that are going to be NFL players next year. At least two wide receivers that are probably going to get drafted. I mean, that's a very good team. I think they're going to give USC all they can handle this week. The quarterback, again, is struggling. I think the offensive line is slowly coming together. We lost all but what? I think they asked me to try out for running back. No kidding. Uh, last week in an email. I mean, they've lost a lot of running back. So I never put a lot of things in it, and I said this on Twitter to uh, – one of the Bobcat faithful that was out there, just relax. Everyone needs to relax, see how Eastern goes, which I'm actually going to be at that game. I'm doing a huge road trip with my son, hitting every of the games. But they just need to calm down, see how Eastern goes. I think they'll be fine. The receivers will gel. We lost, again, one of our best receivers from last year. I, I, the, cats will be, the Cats will be okay. But once Big Sky play starts, that's when it really matters anyways. Well, we are making the uh, journey over to Cheney as well. Myself, Tom Stuber, Blake Hempstead will be in Cheney. Uh, Andrew Houghton and uh, a couple other folks here from Skyline Sports will be in Missoula. Uh, so maybe we'll run into you there. Also going to be fun because we're heading over to Seattle. They still have to, a school uh, over there? Watch they still have the, a football uh, team in Missoula? The Seahawks host the Atlanta Falcons. Get to see Troy Anderson live and in person. Uh, last thing then for you, what's that been like watching these uh, Bobcat guys in the NFL? Pretty cool. I mean, it's definitely been a, a highlight of my career covering this team, just having guys that go on and, and not just make rosters, but are actually getting playing time on Sunday. It's so cool to watch Troy running around and blocking punts like he is. I I think there needs to be, I've been checking on Twitter and I haven't seen an obituary for that punter yet. Um, <laughs> or, But I, he almost killed him. That is the one of the most amazing sounds. If you watch that clip, just of the ball hitting the foot, Troy, and then Troy hitting the kicker, just all at the same time, is it makes you go, oh, <laughs> you feel so bad. Even though you feel good for Troy, you feel horrible for that punter because, like I said, I'm pretty sure he's dead. But uh, it, it's cool. I'm actually, like I said, my son and I are going to Cheney. 
Then we're going to drive over and try to catch the second half of the Washington Stanford game Friday night or Saturday night. And then we'll be at the uh, Seahawks Atlanta game as well. So two guys, one Trey Anderson that plays or from Montana that played for MSU and then Will Disley that played for Bozeman High. You were talking earlier about them producing D1 talent. I think that'll be really, really, really cool. And my son's never been to a game. So it's a lot of fun watching these kids go out there and ball and do well. Um, couldn't watch the game, so my my mom was on Twitter or asked me to go on Twitter and say, hey, see how Anderson's doing. And I said, I don't even look on Twitter for that. It's such a cesspool of everyone hates him and then everyone loves him. That Just look at the stat lines. No doubt. A, a great way to uh, to operate for sure. Real last thing for you, one of the silly things that we're always texting about is the uh, – the ridiculous display of affluence that exists in Bozeman based on the cars that are in the parking lots at the high schools. What's the nicest high school kid yeah. car you've seen in the last couple of weeks? Oh, God, where do I start? Um, one kid has, for his 16th birthday, he got a Porsche Cayenne. Um, there's three Teslas. The big one is those Jeep Rubicons, which – I think are expensive. They look like little Tonka toys, but uh, there's like three or four of those in the parking lots. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And we had talked before about coaches uh, at MSU back in the day used to be able to tell where kids would come from just by what car they pulled into. They could say that's a Bozeman kid because he's driving a Maserati and that's a Butte kid because he's towing the Maserati. So, um, it was uh, it, it's interesting, and yeah, there is a lot of money in this town, and I think because of that, um, that's one of the reasons the Gallant and Bozeman will always be good. It's because they have that money from the parents and everything else to make sure that they can go to the camps, they can go to everything they want to do and get experience. Ian Laird, he'll join us every couple of weeks here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Uh, what's going on, JV Restaurant Supply? Obviously, uh, it's tailgate season, and that's kind of one of your guys' mantras. You guys got anything and everything people need for their tailgates. So, what's that, what's up at JV? We do. We have everything you'll need. Uh, all of your spatulas, tongs, anything like that. We've also got a huge selection of plates. If you've ever looked at the bottom of a plate like I do and wondered at a restaurant, hey, where do they get these? Swing by JV or give us a call. It's definitely something that we can hook you up with or there's a very good chance, especially in uh, Bozeman Billings or Great Falls, that those plates came from us and we can get them for you. So a lot of that stuff, we also have a huge disposable and cleaning selection now. Uh, there's been some turmoil here in Bozeman when it came to disposables and cleaning products, and we've kind of stepped up there and, and stepped up our game. So anything you need from home, we have a lot of home people coming up and getting it. But trash bags, toilet paper, cleaning supplies, you name it, J&V's got it. There you go, Ian Laird. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Whether you're in the restaurant business or you just want to host any big event, JMV Restaurant Supply can make sure you have everything you need. JMV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a Scotty, JMV Restaurant has everything you might need. They have locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. If you can't make it in, JMV also has a great website, jvrestaurant.com. Get everything you need for your next event at JMV, your restaurant specialist. A big Sky Breakdown rolls on, and we welcome now a senior quarterback for the Eastern Washington Eagles, Gunnar Talkington. He is a uh, battleground Washington native and a guy who's been there uh, at Eastern Washington 
since 2017. Been waiting his turn and now getting his turn as the quarterback there at Eastern. Gunner, thanks for taking a minute for us, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, no, another day just uh, to get better. Well, let's talk about uh, what it's been like for you continuing to try to get better uh, while waiting for your opportunity. This day and age in college football, uh, it seems like when guys are, are stuck behind elite players like you have been behind Eric Berry for a long time, really easy to leave and probably even more prevalent when you talk about quarterbacks. But you've sat there and wet, waited your turn, and now here you are, the starter as a senior. So what, what's kept you in it? What's kept you there at Eastern Washington? You know, I knew coming in that it was going to be a battle no matter what. I knew I, it wasn't just going to be my job when I got in. So just having the understanding that I was going to have to battle no matter what. And then also just when I did get here, just meeting some of my best friends and then just the people that I've met at Eastern, I, I never felt like I really wanted to leave here. Just the culture and everything. Um, it was like it was like a second family being here, so never really came across my mind to go anywhere else. I just wanted to stick it out here, and whatever happened, happened. And glad that uh, glad that I got my shot now. Well, it seems like that's kind of the tie that binds at Eastern too, right? Because I've been covering the league for 16 years now, and it seems like players from Eastern from you know multiple different eras talk about that that sort of bond. So, I mean, is that something common? Is that something you guys emphasize there at Eastern? Oh, yeah, you you see it right when you get here. I mean, uh, just how close everyone is on the team. Uh, just It's kind of crazy how, how much we bond, just not even in your own position group, but just across the board. I mean, other positions, hanging out with other positions and coaches, not, your, not even your own coach. I mean, it's just uh, – it's pretty special and uh, – Definitely something that I uh, look forward to when I before I even got here. Well, the first time I ever learned about you and uh, and learned who you were and, and uh, the player that you were was in the national championship game in, in Frisco in 2018. I think that uh, Eric Berrier, who was just sort of starting to to announce his presence to the rest of the big sky, the rest of the uh, the country. He'd only been the starter there for a couple months. I remember when Gage Gubert got hurt in Bozeman. I was actually at that game. But uh, I think Barrier's helmet popped off, and now you get thrown into the, the, the fire in the national championship game. So, I mean, do you remember that moment, and what was that like, just having to go against North Dakota State just straight off the bench just for a couple of plays? Yeah, it was a little nerve-wracking. I mean, going into that game, just never uh, – not getting a whole lot of snaps. But uh, it was a really cool experience. And uh, when you're going against a powerhouse like North Dakota State, I mean – it, it it was just a great experience for me, and uh, yeah. Well, and you uh, you threw a touchdown in that game as well on a, a fake field goal, right? At two Jay Skilder, who's a guy from Montana where we're based at, a guy I covered in high school, so that that was probably a pretty cool moment for you too. Oh yeah, well, uh, that was right before halftime, and ended up uh, ended up working out. Jason ended up squeaking into the end zone, so yeah, that was pretty awesome. Gunnar Talkington, Eastern Washington quarterback, joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown. All right, let's talk about these last several years. Then you got to have a front row seat at the most prolific quarterback in the history of the league and the history of Eastern Washington. Eric Berrier broke all sorts of records, threw for all sorts of yards and touchdowns. More than anything, such a great competitor. I mean, I think I covered him live nine times in his uh, career, and and every time was just so fun. I mean, he's so electrifying. 
but also so tough. Stood in there and, and could take the hit and stare down the barrel and, and make the throws. What What did you see, though? What did you learn? I mean, what was it like uh, sort of getting to watch up close and personal and work every day in practice, too, with a guy like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how he makes half of those plays. It, it was pretty incredible just watching him. Uh, just honestly play ball. It, it was nothing new to him. But, uh, yeah, it was incredible watching him play out there. And then not even just a play. He was even better person, like, off the field. Uh, just a really good teammate and uh, really was a good good leader. So, how would you say now, I know you only have a couple of games under your belt, and you're coming off a bye going into Big Sky Conference play, Montana State coming to town on Saturday, but how, how would you say uh, that the offense has evolved? Because it's, it's not just about replacing Barrier, but also you know Tristan Taylor uh, graduates from the offensive line and you know some great receivers led by Tololo Limu-Jones and, and Andrew Boston. So uh, both personnel-wise and also uh, just identity-wise, how would you say Eastern Washington's offense has evolved coming into this year and so far uh, in the short time you've had this year? I think we're still trying to identify what our offense is about and, uh, you know, just trying to get better week by week and taking it week by week. Uh, you know, we got great receivers, great offensive line, great running backs, and we're just – we're still trying to identify what, what we want our offense to be. And, you know, I think we take that week by week and just come out and give each team the best shot we got. Well, you had a great uh, debut in, in the opener against Tennessee State. Ended up earning Big Sky Conference Player of the Week. Uh, over 400 yards of total offense, threw five touchdowns. So, uh, what was working well in that game? And uh, what did you think of, of your first career start there at Eastern Washington? It, it, it was an amazing experience. I'm very thankful and grateful that, that I got to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, just, the, just my teammates being able to make plays and receivers – uh, doing what they do, catching the ball and getting upfield and getting more yards, and then also running backs, taking care of the ball, uh, offensive line, doing a great job of giving me protection and time. And then, uh, yeah, the defense getting that stop there at the end really helped us out. So, Well, Big Sky play now uh, coming down the pipe in less than a week and Montana State coming to town. Uh how does it alter your mentality as an athlete when you know it is conference play and you're going into playing in a league like the Big Sky? Oh yeah, definitely. It's definitely different. We uh, we just turn it up a little bit, and uh, we're we're very excited to start conference this Saturday. So just uh, we got to attack. When it comes to breaking down the Bobcat defense, what have you seen out of them, and uh, what do you like about the matchup, or uh, what do you, what do you think of the matchup in general? No, they got a they got a good group there. So we just gotta we gotta stick to stick to us and play our game and uh, take care of the ball. I think that's the biggest thing. Whoever uh, whoever takes care of the ball better is gonna be uh, be more successful. So that that's our big thing this week is taking care of the ball and being us. When it comes to being you, then uh, I mean that's that's uh, it's such a common storyline throughout all levels of football, right? When you have a great quarterback. And then that guy moves on. Next guy, how, you know, how is he going to live up to the legacy? And Eastern's been doing this for 
for 20 years, you know, from Josh Blankenship through Eric Meyer, Matt Nichols, Bo Levi Mitchell, Vernon Adams, Gage Gubrud, and then Eric Berrier. So uh, they've proven that they can do it over and over again. But for you, I mean, how do you not let that get in the way? I mean, you can't be anybody but Gunnar Talkington, right? So, I mean, how how do you just be yourself and and do what you do well? You know, I I have to take what I've learned from previous quarterbacks and but all I can do is really be the best version of myself and try and help my team and put them in the best situation to be successful. So I think I think that's just being the best version of myself and helping my team out when they need me and them helping it out when I need them. So it, it just goes back and forth uh, with within the team. Well, good stuff. Gunnar Tackington joining us. Eastern Washington, they open league play against Montana State on Saturday in Cheney. We will have myself and a couple of our photographers will be there. We'll also have a team in Missoula covering that one with the Grizzlies hosting Portland State. We very much look forward to the the beginning of Big Sky Conference play. Gunnar, appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for joining us, and good luck on Saturday. Awesome. Thank you so much. Go Eggs. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com rewards to register and start saving. I forgot my actual recorder, by the way. So, so yeah. this is gonna sound like shit. no, this is gonna sound great, actually. These phones are actually sweet. They doesn't sound that much different. The recorder is so good for when you have like outside noise or ambient noise, or like you know you're at Grizz practice and people are screaming and yelling and whatever. But in here, this will sound just the same. Well, yes, we have all sorts of uh, new uh, contributors, people to have conversations with, and uh, several of our partners here at Skyline Sports. They have. Uh, great acumen in both what they do for careers, but also when it comes to talking college football. I, I do my daily radio show, I do this podcast, do all this stuff all the time, but uh, I can't do it by myself. Like I need people to talk to, and so I have sort of like an advisory board that I talk to and bounce stuff off of. And you know, there's a lot of really engaged and good football fans out there, and one of them happens to be, happens to be a sponsor of us here at Skyline Sports as well. Nick Tabor is joining me now. Uh, we're down here at Westpac Wealth. What's up, buddy? I haven't seen you in a while. It's been a while. It's been a good uh, start to the football season. What do you What have you thought so far? Because uh, here's what I think is the Grizz, they're off to a great start, but also the thing that's so unique about the Grizz compared to everybody else in the Big Sky Conference is you can feel it when they're when they're rolling. Like, everybody in town is talking about the Grizz. Like, the podcast numbers right now are through the roof. Everybody's listening to my radio show. But that's what I think is the biggest challenge for the Grizz is the hype, you know? Like, how do they continue to get – they've been so good. How do they continue to get better? What have you thought so far three games in? I just – I think the roster's full of – stacked full of talent. I think it's hard to judge where they're, where they're at, ultimately what they're going to become as a team because they haven't really been tested a whole lot yet. So <clears throat> I think that maybe for the quarterback position, Lucas, he's been so good. <clears throat> he's been – I mean, he looks so good. He's getting hype. He's on national lists for top quarterbacks in the FCS. And he had, it'll just be interesting to see how he does when, when we have a game that's coming down in the fourth quarter at the end of the game and he's got to get it done. He seems like the type of kid that can do it. 
He's got a ton of talent. He's fun to watch. He seems like a great guy. Bobby can't say enough good things about him. But uh, that'll be, to me, that'll ultimately decide how the season goes. I think it's so interesting, too, that Lucas Johnson is the first quarterback that I can remember Bobby Houck having. That is the not the same as Bobby Houck personality-wise that Bobby likes. I'm not saying all of the guys that he's ever had are the same personality-wise, but oftentimes if they're not personality similarities, they butt heads a lot. I mean, I, Cole Burke was one of my best friends. Bobby Houck and Cole Burke was butted heads a lot during their time. You know, because Cole's Mr. Nonchalant, California cool. He just wants to go to the party and hangs out with the girls and whatever. He's not Mr. Intense like Bobby Houck. Lucas Johnson's kind of like relaxed Mr. Cool, too. I think it's interesting, though, because I think Lucas Johnson being way older helps him so much because yeah. he's, he's, he's sitting there and he knows that it's just coaching. He doesn't take it personally, right? And But you can tell Bobby Houck has not talked about a quarterback like this in a really long time, how much he likes this kid. Yeah, I, I think I noticed it in the Indiana State game the, for, for the first time. I mean, he, you can tell he's got swagger. He's, got, he's confident. There's no doubt about that. Um, but to me... His swagger, you know, when he scored that that touchdown around the edge, um, I think in the second quarter, you could just tell that he was he's a confident dude. And in terms of his personality, he's not like Dalton Sneed. He's not no. like brash in your face, but he's also confident. And I think I think he leads. Obviously, the team elected him as a captain. So I don't know. We'll, we'll time will tell. We'll see how it ends up going. But to me, again, I I I love what I see. I mean, the dude is big. He's physical. He is not afraid to take he, he, just like when he's when he runs out there. It's not like you know quarterbacks in the past when they run. It seems like anytime they flood the pocket, you're just like, oh my god, I hope he doesn't you know break his back or whatever. Right. This dude's he's big, he's strong, he runs well, he throws well. So it'll be interesting to see how when they go against Sac State or Weber State, it's tight in the fourth quarter, and if he can del- deliver, that'll be the test. So often, two down in college football, the the running quarterbacks have like a running back mentality. That was like Dalton Sneed. He was never running out of bounds. He was always trying to go run heads up with a linebacker right. and prove that he's tough. That's where Johnson, you can also tell he's so mature because he can take a hit, but he also is not trying to take any hits. He glides out of bounds all the time. That's going to help him so much, though. Yeah. You know, because he's not he's not going to take the huge hit like yeah. so many of these other quarterbacks. What else have you liked about the Grizz? Anything that stands out I mean, to you? I mean, the, I mean, the defense is just completely like yeah, I Honestly, so, I mean, just going back to the team and the, what, what I think of the team, A, I think they're all a bunch of tremendous dudes. For sure. And, and you've, worked hype, with, you've worked with some of them. Marcus I have. Well, well, Marcus, well uh, interned here this summer. I got a chance to get to know Pat O'Connell well, Mitch. Yep, yep. I uh, hung out with Pat for a little while last night. We were stuck in the same burrito line, and it was... In fact, uh, I, just learned, <laughs> I, just, I just learned today that Pat got engaged this summer, too. I did not know that. Uh, yeah, he was, with, he was with his girl when I uh, when I saw him last night, and we were stuck in the same long burrito line, so we got to hang out for like 15 minutes waiting for our burritos. But so, you're right, they are great dudes. They're great dudes, but I think the maturity level is off the charts. I mean, you got dudes that are... Get them getting master's degrees. You got dudes that are getting engaged to their their long term girlfriends. You got guys. You got a coaching staff that just keeps these guys dialed in. <clears throat> I mean, they're still they're still young dudes at the end of the day, so anything can happen. But I think they're battle tested. They're they're well positioned to. Not that they insulate themselves from all the hype because it's almost impossible with all the, with sure, the social sure. media and all that sort of stuff. But I think that they are as well positioned to, just with the the amount of, the amount of uh, experience and. I mean, they're they're a pretty veteran group. So, so in terms of the team, I mean, the def- I tell my kid, my son, all the time, because he's playing. My fourth grade kid's playing football, and he he actually likes defense. And I tell nice. him, watching this team, I'm like, this is this is how a defense 
should play football. I mean, they're so fast, so physical, so strong, so excited to be out there, disciplined. Um, they all, I mean, the, the weight room gains, I think. I was just actually looking at the picture just the other day. Yeah. I think um, I think what they do in the weight room that's changed over the last few years has, has made a noticeable difference. For sure. I mean, those dudes are strong. And they For look sure. strong. And uh, yeah, they're fast. I mean, my God. I mean, watching watch them all pursue and the way they go with the football, and it's just it's just different. So that's kind of the obvious answer, but that's that jumps yeah. out. I can't wait to see. One of the biggest things that I love about watching this team, this coaching staff, is how they evolve over the years, yeah. over the course of the For year. Sure. I was just thinking about it before our conversation. I think I think Grossman's the only tight end that's actually caught a ball. Right. I don't even know if like Barker or totally. Elwell or anybody yeah, else has even yeah. caught a pass. So they really haven't. I mean, Grossman's obviously a tight end. He, he blocks a ton too, but yeah. he he is more of a pass catching tight end for sure. And I think he's the only one that's caught a pass. So I'm, I'm excited to see just the creativity of the offense throughout the course of the year because I, I truly don't think that they expose a whole lot in the preseason. Well, they've so, they've hardly run any of their their three tight end sets that they rely right. on so much for the couple years. Every running back has been getting uh, very uh, – they, they've been on a pitch count. You know, they're not trying to wear anybody out of running back. I find one of the most fascinating dynamics on offense, and this is such so typical Bobby Houck. I think Montana has two most talented players off uh, – skill players offensively, besides Grossman, because I actually think that they could feed him the ball a lot more. But I think Junior Bergen and, and uh, Aaron Fonts are the two most talented guys offensively. The thing that's so typical, Bobby Houck, is both those guys are twos on the depth chart again this week. <laughs> they might go catch six or eight balls. Bergen's already caught three touchdowns, but he makes sure, you know, you're a sophomore, you haven't earned anything yet, we're going to make sure you're sitting right there. I mean, if they wanted to, they could just throw the ball to Fonts 12 times a game, but they're, you know, he's not on any special teams or anything, so they're making him earn it. It's just so classic Bobby Houck. God, it's so funny. I mean, like, if there's a coach in, in – Sports, I'm sure there are, but there is. But there's a coach that could care less more than Bobby does about what the outside public has to say. For sure. Or at least he doesn't he doesn't change the way he operates based on what people have to say. Nope. From the outside. I mean the two D thing is hilarious. I mean it's not like the people who are the first on the depth chart shouldn't be there. Right. But no, for it's sure. also like exactly like you just said. Junior Bergen, that dude, I mean he is so gifted, so smooth. I mean, she's just fun to watch play football. And Aaron Fonts, I mean, my God, that leap that he had over that cornerback against yeah. Indiana State was just like, I mean, I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen a Grizz athlete do that. Besides, I take that back. Uh, the linebacker back in the day, number 37 from Helena, he used to jump over the running Jason backs. Crebo. Jason Crebo yeah. used to jump over running backs all the time. <laughs> yeah. When they came to fill the block, he'd jump. You remember that? Oh, yeah. I've never seen a player do that since him. And he straight up hurdled that dude. It yeah. wasn't like a, he kind of snuck. He straight up didn't even get touched by that kid. And he jumped right over him. So anyway, he's, he's fun to watch. He's extremely athletic. And uh, they're, I mean, the fact that they're only sophomores is kind of hard to believe, honestly. Big Shot Breakdown uh, coming to you actually from the Westpac Wealth offices. This is presented by uh, Westpac Wealth, uh, Nick Tabor and Westpac Wealth. And uh, Nick will be joining us a couple times a month, maybe even once a week, depending on how the schedules line up. Uh, tell people about this place, though. You've helped me with a ton of my finances and, you know, helped me get things smoothed out to buy a house, got me some whole life insurance, all sorts of different things. But in general, uh, what is your theories and your thoughts on just financial advising and your role here? 
So first of all, our firm, Westpac Wealth Partners, we are, we're actually a smaller office within the Westpac system. We were just down in a conference in San Diego. We have offices all over the western part of the country, Hawaii, up and down the coast of California, Vegas, Portland, Phoenix, uh, Wyoming. <clears throat> but uh, but our, our firm is focused on the, on the process of helping people, whatever they have in terms of financially, whatever challenges they have, whatever is on their plate, whatever their situation is, helping them navigate that through a process-oriented planning process, living balance sheet. And so it looks a lot different for a lot of different people. People who own businesses, it's totally different. People who are professionals, people who are going to retire, people who are just getting started building wealth. I mean, everybody's got a different situation financially in front of them. And we have a process that helps us help them um, that takes the focus off individual products. <clears throat> you mentioned whole life insurance. That's obviously an interesting aspect of the financial world and very interesting how it's utilized across yeah. the financial world. But it's just one of the things that we have available to us. And, and we let the process dictate what specific products or what specific implementation makes the most sense for the client. And the thing that, I, that you taught me more than anything is that yeah, I think that some people that are listening to this, if you if you haven't ever dealt uh, in the in the financial world, the investment world, working on your retirement, your life insurance, anything like that, you might be thinking to yourself, "Well, I'm not rich. I don't have any money." That's not what it is, though. When I first started working with you, I didn't have any money, and and you've helped me figure out how to and make your money work for it. Culture, I love that. I uh, yeah. Honestly, in the, in the world that we live in, this is a little bit philosophical, but the point is, is you can, it's really, really easy to spend money. For sure. You walk out and the door. <laughs> That's it. I don't care if somebody makes $50,000 or if they make $5 million. There's people who are at the limit in terms of like how much they spend compared to how much they make. Yeah. All in this town, in this country, all over the place. For sure. So on the flip side of that is if you have the right habits and you're deliberate about where money goes before you spend it, obviously – you could have somebody who makes fifty grand a year who could be better off financially than that guy who makes half a million bucks a year or whatever. For sure. Is. So we're really about helping people create habits financially that help set themselves up for success as time moves along. So many people think that that wealth or financial success is like an overnight thing, and you like, you know, win the lottery or you sell a business, and that those sort of things do happen. Like people get financial hits in a big chunk, you know, all the time. But most oftentimes, it's setting up the right habits, putting money away, <clears throat> doing the right things, and having money go to things that's going to be beneficial to you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you wake up one day and you've you feel like you've you've done well. Yeah. You've got money. You you can control the things you want to do. You might not be like Warren Buffett or Bill Gates, <laughs> but you can be very very financially financially successful. Well, we'll be learning about various uh, different elements of finance as we continue here during the 2022 football season here on the Big Sky Breakdown. But there's an introduction. Appreciate Nick and uh, his partners and everybody here at Westpac Wealth for their continued guidance personally and also uh, their sponsorship here of the Big Sky Breakdown and all things Skyline Sports. Thanks for being here, man. Love it. Thanks, Colton. Looking forward to it. 
of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. Big Sky Breakdown rolls on Portland State in Missoula for homecoming to face the Montana Grizzlies uh, on Saturday. Tyson Pauling joining us now here on the Big Sky Breakdown. He is a senior center for the Portland State Vikings. And Tyson, uh, thanks so much for joining us, man. First of all, uh, just tell me what you think about coming to Missoula. Uh, I know you were here in the spring of 2021, uh, but it seemed like you guys hadn't had a lot of time to prepare for that. Not a lot of lifting, not a lot of uh, drills and things like that. So what do you think about returning to Missoula and uh, maybe having a, uh, a more full roster, a more full attack with the Vikings? Yeah, well, I can't wait for it because I've had the opportunity also to win in Montana in 2018 right. playing at left guard. So it's always going to be it's always good being back in Missoula. The stadium's awesome to play it. And we're looking we're looking forward to this game. It's a big game for us. Well, it seems like uh, coach Barnum and some of the other coaches on your staff that have been around the Big Sky, seems like they really have you guys embrace and it seems as players too, you guys embrace the the challenge of coming to Missoula. It seems like you guys even feed off the atmosphere a little bit, too. So, I mean, do you see it? Does it feel like a different sort of game that maybe you guys can can feed off the crowd when you come to such a big venue? Uh, we're just – we're ready. We're prepared. Everybody on this team is always just juiced to play some football and get down and get down and dirty. So, it, it does help us. It, you know, we do feed off that energy. But also, it's just another game on another Saturday for us. We're just ready to come out and compete. Well, take take us through the the last couple of years there at Portland State. I know it's been uh, so many uh, different scenarios in the Big Sky because the Big Sky is such a vast geographic conference, and you know the local and statewide rules were a lot different in Portland than they were in Sacramento, than they were in Flagstaff, than they are in Montana, right? So uh, it's it been a little bit strange. But I mean, what have you thought of just navigating this whole scenario that you guys have had to do, and, and has it brought you closer as a team? Oh, yeah, yeah. We just, I mean, our mentality is just keep going and just keep working. And I think uh, it helped us a bunch, just, you know, getting guys on the same page and making sure, you know, you know, we told the team in the beginning of the season, like, hey, everybody needs to hop on this train at the station because we're leaving. And, you know, we're ready to come back and, you know, win the big sky and do all that. So it's just, it's great to see all of our also young guys buy in to you know what we're trying to build here what we've already been building especially for my senior class and you know having us as leaders on this team it, uh you know it we can see it in every day in practice and you know watching everybody buying and weights and buying and practice and everybody's focused and it just keeps you going Tyson Pauly joining us here on uh, Big Sky Breakdown Portland State Senior Center Tell us about this season so far. Two money games for you guys, and then an early buy. So, I know you had. I watched the whole San Jose State game. Uh, you had them down. You almost had that one. I know that was probably a disappointing loss for sure. But uh, then you come back and play Washington. But I mean, what's it like trying to navigate that sort of a schedule, and then having an early buy, and then jumping into conference play? Well, honestly. 
honestly, I think this season was set up for uh, success for us. I mean, yeah, the, the first game against San Jose State, that one, you know, hit in the heart. Uh, we, you know, wish we could have came up top on that game, and, you know, that one just slipped right under us. And then with UW, we just we weren't prepared, and, you know, everybody's seen what happened in that game. But having this bye week and be able to sit down, everybody get healthy, and everybody just lock back in to, you know, we are a good team and these two first games you know the first game showed a little bit of what we are in the second game we kind of shot ourselves in the foot but this bye week made us everybody sit down know who we are and we're you know coming out hot we talk about the building process there at portland state been fascinating to watch because coach barnum had such a successful year in year one and then kind of changed the recruiting model there at portland state and tried to bring in more high school uh, oriented guys and you know yourself being one of them, but w- how would you just describe this this building process? I mean, what does give you guys confidence as a senior class, given the work you put in, that, that you can uh, make a run at a playoff berth this year? Well, I would say for especially for the guys that are in my senior class and who came in with me, we uh, we went zero and eleven in two thousand seventeen, right? And sitting back and having to watch that season, and then seeing how the team was and all that, we just we've seen this team improve every year and every year and this year and we've all been saying the same thing is different and we don't know when that's going to change and we hope it is this saturday but this this team is different and it's good to see what we've been trying to build for this team is kind of coming to fruition now and we're just trying to leave these younger guys with a good taste in their mouth, and we're trying to leave, you know, us as older guys, we're trying to leave this program on a high note. So that's just, I mean, and they see that drive from us, and it just it keeps everybody going. One of the big question marks uh, around the league about Portland State is, is the quarterback position because Davis Alexander was a stalwart. I mean, he was one of the best quarterbacks, not even yeah, just in the league. But, I mean, he's uh, he was awesome. I, I loved watching him play, loved talking to him. Such a good competitor. Um, but – Dante Sashray taking over there uh, at quarterback. I know it's only a two-game sample size. Uh, he looks like a great athlete. Uh, where do you think he's at just in terms of uh, grasping what that you guys need him to do? I think it's awesome. It's uh, Especially, I mean, this offseason, spring ball was huge. Um, it's good to see that he also bought in and he's taking over that role of I'm QB1 and I need to, you know, make stuff happen with the guys that I got around me and, you know, we're going to have, we're going to play some great football and seeing him actually step back or step into this role. And then, you know, watching his first game in San Jose and seeing all the reads he was making and the amazing throws that he was making. And then I know in the second game, it didn't really show, but the, you know, the kid is special and we can't wait to get in conference with him because he's going to dominate. Well, let's talk about this uh, particular matchup. Then Montana, their defense has been lights out so far this year. Uh, yeah. You've gone against it before. It's a, uh, it's a, it's it's a, it's like a defense you're never going to see a, again, right? I mean, just with the uh, the ma- the amount of fronts and all the crazy shifts and pressures and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So, uh, how do you go about preparing for it from an offensive line standpoint, especially as the center that's going to be making a lot of the calls? Yeah, well, they fly around. They have a you know good Mike backer and. Uh, it's just, you know, they are a beatable defense, and it's just you have to get down and dirty with them. And, you know, that's what we're looking for. And, you know, we've 
faced plenty of different defenses, and I think honestly, our defense in our league is the toughest to go against because it's you know basically the bear front every time you play them. So we're used to seeing you know one on one blocks across the board, and you know now we're having some double teams in some areas, which is very helpful. And then just you know they play a lot of cover one and all this stuff. So it's just you know it comes down to football and just you know how you can read it. They, you know, bring a lot of different blitzes, but if you just, you know, start paying attention to linebackers' feet and paying attention to defense linemen's feet, you can, you can uh, read where they're going. But that, yeah, no, we're we're prepared, we're ready. That's an interesting crossover too, because it's true. These are kind of the the two most uh, atypical defenses in the league. Yes, uh, but you yeah. go against your guys all the time, right? So I mean, all just, the time. does that make you all better going against the flex all the time? Oh, yeah, because we're getting one, like I said, we're getting one on one box across the board. So, as an offensive lineman at Portland State, you have to be able to beat your man across from you. And, you know, from different defenses, when you can get at least one, maybe double team or two double teams across the board, that helps out a lot because it's easier when you got two 300 pound guys going against a 300 pound guy than one going against one. It'd be an interesting watch. It, an interesting matchup, to be sure. Tyson Pauling joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Uh, SkylineSportsMT.com. Last thing for you, then. Uh, Portland State in town for homecoming. The conference opener for both teams. Uh, what's it going to take for you guys? What are the keys to victory for Portland State if you're going to come into Missoula and get a win for the second time in a row? The keys for us is just keep our head down, play hard, play to the whistle, play all four quarters, just play when that clock expires and just keep going never never uh let up appreciate you being here man thanks so much for the time and uh, best of luck on saturday thank you very much we breakdown rolls on we're joined now by efton chisholm the He's a wide receiver for the eastern washington eagles they open up conference play on saturday in cheney washington with number four ranked montana state coming to town these teams have had many a battle in my 16 years covering the big sky conference and uh, always entertaining games when these teams square off uh, Epton, thanks for joining us, man. First of all, I just take us through the season. It's been a little bit weird for you guys because you know you have a home game against Tennessee State. That's not weird. That's uh, pretty status quo. But then you play uh, at Hudson Stadium against Oregon, and then you have a bye in week three. So uh, what's it been like here early on for you guys? And uh, has it been sort of strange just uh, maybe trying to find a rhythm in this season with a bye so early on? Yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely been a little weird because you go two back-to-back and then a bye so early. So you're trying to find this momentum and this groove within the offense and the defense and just as a team in general, and then you got a bye. And so then you start working on other little things, and you're just still trying to find the momentum. But, you know, it's been good for us. I think uh, some of us needed it. It'll be good for our bodies, and, you know, get, uh, get ready for this uh, nine-game stretch coming up. When, it, when you hear Big Sky Conference play, I know that you know each week you have to take every opponent seriously, but uh, what, how does it influence us to your mindset, or what do you think when, when you think about entering conference play and, and some of the, the rivalries that you guys have within the Big Sky Conference? Yeah, for sure. I definitely I think the mindset changes a little bit. I, it's, still, it's still week to week, but you look at Montana State, and they lost in the national championship last year. They're a great team, you know? So it's, uh, it's not – the Big Sky, I think, in my, in my opinion, is one of the best conferences in the FCS. So we just got to show up every, every each and every week and just uh, get after it. Well, last year you guys had 
uh, a great team, but also a team that was so fun to cover just because of some of the personalities on the team. We had Tololo Limu Jones on this podcast several times, and uh, the guy definitely knows how to talk. <laughs> he could he could bring some <laughs> hype to a game, but also Eric Berrier, even though a little bit more of a quiet guy, a great story and, and a guy that seemed to just love uh, just playing there at Eastern Washington. But with those two guys specifically, but also some other guys like Andrew Boston moved on, I mean, what's it been like sort of restructuring the leadership offensively, and, and how do you fit into that as well as a guy that's sort of rising up now as a sophomore there for Eastern? You know, for sure at the beginning it was weird, especially when you lose the Walter Payton Award winner, two of the best receivers in the conference, uh, one of the best O-linemen in the conference. So it's like all these captains are gone and vocal leaders are gone, and so – you, you got to find your identity and with the, within the team, you know? So I feel like I, I stepped up, I stepped up and uh, I'm not a very vocal person myself. You know, I started to be more vocal. I'm just trying to lead by example and just get people to follow me. And uh, I think Gunner's doing the same. We got a couple other people that have stepped into the role and just done, done, done the job. And it's, it's been, it's been good. I'm excited. Efton Chisholm joining us here on uh, big sky breakdown. SkylineSportsMT.com. Big Sky Conference play is upon us. Uh, how's the transition been then under Gunnar Talkington? I know that that's a question that everybody's probably been asking you guys. I find it interesting, though, since I, you know, I've covered Big Sky football since uh, when Bo Baldwin was the offensive coordinator there and, and Paul Wolf was the, the head coach. And there's always a question, you know, how are you going to replace Eric Meyer? Well, here comes Matt Nichols. How are you going to replace Bo Levi Mitchell? Well, here comes Vernon Adams. How are you ever going to replace Gage Gubrud? Well, there's Eric Berrier, and so Gunnar Tockington seems like he's the, the next one in line. But what do you thought of uh, his ability to sort of handle that pressure, and, and what have you thought of his play so far? You know, I think Gunnar's a stud. Uh, honestly, from day one, his composure and uh, how he plays the game is crazy. You you won't ever see it, no ups or downs. He's just flat line the whole time. He gets excited here and there, but there's never a down moment for him. So I think that is just, he does a fantastic job of keeping everyone around him at the uh, not going too low. So with him, you know, he brings people up. So I, I've been excited for him. The uh, first few games have been good. Obviously, the second game was a tough one for everyone. But, you know, I think he's just showing how much composure and willpower he's got within himself just to, to lead us as a team. How would you describe just his skill set, the, the way he plays quarterback? Uh, I, he's got a cannon his arm strength is crazy i don't think people realize how strong his arm is and very sneaky elusiveness he can actually run really well like we see it in practice all the time uh, a lot of people don't see it but he can really get out and run a little bit so that's it's fun to watch what he does in the game because all the fans and people are like yo i didn't know your quarterback can run all this stuff Ooh. it's like nah he does it all the time so it's so it's funny uh no, i think uh i think he's been doing good he's been putting the ball in good good spots and just letting us play you know he's not doing he's not trying to do anything out of his uh out of his character you know so he's just giving us the ball and letting us go so yeah well one thing that's been so interesting to me about the the wide receivers there at eastern is sort of the standard that's been set and how that's been passed on and i also find it an interesting dynamic now that you have greg harden who's a guy who was a great player at north dakota uh, but he's from sort of outside the family, so to speak. I mean, there was so much of an inside-the-family vibe there, especially like when Nick Edwards was there, who was a great player, and then became a great coach as well. Uh, so what's the transition been like under Coach Harden? Uh, what sort of things has he brought to the table that he's taught you guys as a wide receiver's room? No, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think that comes with every new uh, receiver coach, especially, I mean, you obviously named 
great coaches that was here before us and certain things. But even with Coach Pat, you know, he I think he was at UC Davis right before, so he was he wasn't from uh, Eastern. But I think it's just adapting to your coach, and you know, they gotta come in and understand that this is a tradition here, and like we call ourselves DBK, and that they 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 can't just walk in and uh, think that just because they coach at Eastern now, they're gonna coach you know all these different types of players and stuff. So they gotta bring their own juice, and we gotta bring our juice to cohesion cohesion up in uh together so we can uh, really get after it. you know coach harden's been a great coach so far i'm excited for him it's his first first real big coaching job over here and uh you know i'm excited for him as long as he just keeps going on the path he's going on Efton chisholm joining us here uh, on the big sky breakdown eastern washington montana state open up conference play in cheney uh on saturday uh what have you seen on the bobcats so far what do you think of this preparation and when you play montana state in general what do you expect? How, how does that influence your mentality? I know you guys have uh, a rivalry with the Grizz, uh, but it seems like Montana State uh, just down the road from there, and uh, seems like there's some some interesting uh, back and forth there too. So, what do you think when you when you're preparing for the Bobcats? Absolutely, I think they're a tough team, gritty team. They just uh, they play hard all four quarters, so it'll be it'll be a fun one. You know, I'm excited to go out there and just just play hard with them. You know, uh, they got good players. Their secondary is good. They lost their backers. And uh, DN, but you know they they got they got some players back, and they even got some replacements for those guys that are good players. So it's just uh, we're just having to go out there and play our game and just play hard because we know they're going to. Well, should be fun. Big Sky Conference play officially upon us. Uh, Efton Chisholm, Eastern Washington, joining us here. Uh, last thing for you, then, what what do you think are the keys for you guys to get uh, off to a good start here in Big Sky Conference play? You know, I think it's uh, take care of the ball, uh, move the ball downfield. Either it's just setting a run game, throwing the ball a little bit, but definitely take care of the ball is number one for us and, uh, you know, dictate tempo. So I got to say that those are those are the keys for us. There you go. Efton Chisholm here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com apply. Bye.